Hi, my name is Derek Schneider, and I own Visiting Angels in Wichita Falls, Texas, and Lawton, Oklahoma. This podcast is called Addressing the Elephant because I believe it is better to be proactive rather than reactive when it comes to aging well. So each episode, I'll invite someone that has a ton of experience about an issue or topic that relates to elder care, which is a topic that if you live long enough, we'll all have to face. I hope you really enjoy. I wish I found you a long time ago. We could have taken it easy, could have taken it slow. And passed our old lives like a sweet summer day. Like waves on the water watching time. Hello, my name is Derek Schneider, and I am addressing the elephant today with Sue Gross uh, from the Alzheimer's Association. Sue, how are you? I am doing fine today, Derek. Thanks for this opportunity. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. I, excuse me, I am the education and family care specialist with the Wichita Falls um, Regional Office. Um, here in Texas, and we are a uh, branch of the Fort Worth office. That's awesome. And so tell me um, how you kind of got started with the Alzheimer's Association. Oh, my goodness. Um, I went back to school at the age of 54 to work with caregivers. I had just gone through a process with both my parents, long distance, and uh, I watched my sisters and brothers and Everything that needed to happen, they didn't have dementia, but they did have debilitating diseases. Um, And so um, I was already scheduled to go back to school and thought, you know what, I need to do something to help caregivers. And as soon as I got to school and started doing reports and research, recognized that caregivers for those with dementia are the most challenged caregivers in the the world. and so finished undergrad, went right into grad school, and got my degree in clinical psychology and counseling, then went on and got my license. Um, so at the age of 61, I finally was cooked. <laughs> and uh, I started with the association in um, uh, six years ago. Wow. And, and you do a ton of education. I, I've been... Uh, sat in on some of your conversations and trainings about um, uh, about how to relate and communicate better with folks, uh, people that have Alzheimer's and dementia. Can you explain some what that looks like, those trainings? Right now, there is so much misinformation about dementia and about Alzheimer's, and we are not our people are not getting diagnosed the way we need them diagnosed so yeah. that help can be provided. Um, uh, there's a huge, dementia is like the word cancer. Yeah. If you're in a doctor's office and somebody, a doctor said, your loved one has cancer, you immediately, your brain goes on alert. Sure. And you know what questions to answer or ask, yeah. what answers you want. And they go to what type of cancer? Yeah. Who is the best person to go to? Yeah. And if that person isn't here, where do I find them? You know, what are we talking about? What What can I do now to care for them while this process is in place? Unfortunately, when we get the diagnosis dementia, there is a, our brains don't go on alert. Yeah. 
Mm. Caregivers don't understand that there is no part of a dementia diagnosis that is normal aging process. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that they like do that? Why why don't our brains go on alert for this word dementia? Because dementia is a very dementia is, is a benign word to a lot of people. They don't recognize that there is no form of dementia that is we can stop, we can cure. All yeah. forms of dementia are fatal yeah. eventually. Yeah. Um and Lack of education is one thing, but it's not just at our level. Right. Our doctors receive very little dementia education, mm. and they can't fix this. Yeah, it's um, and you know, you work with the population yep. I work with. These are all older people, yeah. and um, but a, a diagnosis of dementia requires some questions big so, time so what are those questions what what should what form of dementia are we talking about because there's like a there's like a hundred different ways to have dementia yeah. um the alzheimer's association ha- helps people with all forms of de- if there's a brain disease which dementia is yeah. we can help so for example well what form of dementia does my loved one have mm-hmm. Not everybody can tell them that. It usually requires a more assessment. It requires somebody who is a specialist. Um, like a neurologist? Or like a neurologist. Okay. Okay. A psychiatrist okay. can assess for, um, for this disease. Psychologists can do the assessments for these diseases. Um, but, you so, know, we live in a rural... Yeah, that's right. So is it, is it just... We live in a rural kind of area here in Wichita Falls. So are, are they looking at um, MRIs? Are they looking at the brain scanning and also having conversations? What what are they doing to make uh, these? Those are really good questions. The MRI is the one tool that will indicate brain damage. Um, a PET scan, of course, is the ultimate, yeah. um, but n- it, it's not covered. Yeah. You, and they're very, very expensive. And so, um, but the MRIs indicate, number one, it'll indicate uh, damage in the brain. The other thing it indicates is has the brain shrunk mm. abnormally. And that would indicate. Absolutely, okay. because with the Alzheimer's disease, um, the brain shrinks. Um, eventually, all of them shrink because they lose brain matter. They, yeah. they it, it reduces, yeah. Okay, so if we are, you know, our loved one has those diagnoses, we should be asking what type, what type, and then where, 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 where can we go? Where can we go when we ask that question? They give us, oh, it's vascular, or it is um, something, something else. If it's, for example, if it's vascular dementia, there's really once you're diagnosed, there's really not much else that the medical field can do. Right. We only have so many drugs for Alzheimer's. Vascular is because of strokes. Yeah. So what we know is it's a different form of dementia. So the brain is affected in the areas where the strokes occurred. Mm-hmm. So their type of dementia is going to be different than somebody, say, with Alzheimer's or Lewy body yeah. 
or frontal temporal because their damage is only done where the stroke occurred. Whereas with Alzheimer's, it has a flow to it. Um, And um, it affects, eventually, it affects all parts of the brain. One thing that we are noticing right now, though, is that mixed dementia is coming into play. Whereas if you have one dementia, Alzheimer's is one of those diseases that loves a compromised brain, and it also moves in. And so, but for a caregiver, there's no way they can pick apart. Sure. And and nor do we expect them to, but what we do expect them to recognize is that is that this dis- these diseases are not because their loved one is mad at them. They're not behaving the way they are yeah. to be ugly. It's because their brain is failing. Yeah. That's really really good and really good information. And something we, you know, teach it to our caregivers too is um you know, sometimes people are in pain, right? And in in pain, when you when you interact and you're a patient, you can come off in a different way. Absolutely. Right? And, and and so if that's the case, if it pain affects the way that we can come off, well then why wouldn't a disease in your brain also do the same thing? Not only that, but something that was brought to light at a seminar I attended yesterday is many of our individuals have pain. I mean, they're most of them sure. are older. They're dealing with arthritis. They're dealing with aches and pains. But here's the thing. They can't communicate that with us. And if they don't communicate, we don't treat it. So there's, there's people out there that said, you know, if they had arthritis earlier in their life, that doesn't go away either. That we, but as caregivers, we're the ones who have to go, okay, mom hurt every time it rained. And now she's behaving the way she is. She can't tell me she's hurting. Maybe I should be giving her a Tylenol. Yeah. Maybe I should be addressing that. Sure. Um, but you're right. What people just have a real hard time wrapping their heads around is that the brain fails with any form of dementia, just as the liver fails, the heart fails, and the brain controls the liver, the heart. It controls the the whole shebang. I've heard somebody say dementia, Alzheimer's is like if, if you haven't heard this, I may be getting wrong, like diabetes of the brain. Have you ever heard this? Never. Never heard this. Is that, is that like correspond to anything that you guys in that, like your, uh, you know, if your blood sugar can't, um, you know, correct itself, your brain can't, you know, kind of correct itself on, on this, on this, uh, brain, brain level. Okay. I, now I, I get where you're coming from. Um, uh, the funny thing is, is that diabetes is a number one, one of the number one risk factors okay. for this disease. Gotcha. Um, what people don't understand is that the brain has got to be cared for just like we care for the body. Yes. But people, and 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 this, one of the big things we're pushing this year is. How do we take care of the brain and the body? Because how do we do it? How do we do it, sir? Oh, how do we do it? 
there's, okay, there's like 10 ways to take care of the brain and the body. And nobody wants to hear the first one. I want to know. The number one item is exercise. Because what feeds our brain? We're going to go back to the diabetes. What feeds our brain? The blood. If we're sitting on our tushies all day long, we are not getting a lot of blood to the brain. Then there's the other situation. Okay, so what kind of blood's going to the brain? Is it highly oxygenated? Is it loaded with nicotine? Mm. So that's one of the ways. Do not smoke. Just it's it's not good for anything, including the brain. Then there are all those numbers that our cardiologists have been after us to control for years, Mm. decades. For decades, what have the cardiologists been telling us to do? And to know, number one is exercise. At least 30 minutes to an hour every day. We're a a country of, I have what? And you hand out your hand and you ask for the pill. Yes. There's no pills for this. That's right. There's no pills for this. So what we tell people is, again, what's good for the the heart is good for the brain. Know your numbers. Know what your numbers should be. Is that blood, blood pressure too high? get it down. There's some research right now that is saying that we are looking at reducing blood pressure and it is in correlation with the reduction of this disease. Okay, so we know that. Then we have our cholesterol numbers and this is a personal one for me. So those cholesterol numbers have got to be down where they want them to be because otherwise it builds a plaque in our arteries it builds up plaque in our, uh, both in the heart and to the brain, the, yep. whatever artery we say. Veins, yeah. Yeah, in the neck. So what are we having if they block up in the neck? We're having vascular strokes, mm. vascular dementia. We're having heart attacks. None of this is good for the brain. We have a tendency to focus on one organ. Mm. Well, the organ we need to be focusing on is the brain. Mm. We tell people, not just read more, definitely read more, definitely do um, things in your time in the time you have that challenge you. If you are a woodworker, don't stop doing it because you hit the age of 65 or somebody tells you you're old. That word should never be spoken by anybody. Um, challenge yourself, learn a new craft, learn a new hobby, learn a new game. Okay. All of those keep our brain. Highly functioning. Highly functioning. What you eat, you are what you eat. Okay. And this is huge with this disease. The cardiologists talk about Mediterranean diet. We say Mediterranean diet, low fat, high in fruits, nuts, berries, um, greens. Mm-hmm. We, add, we Especially the greens. It adds um, more antioxidants to the brain. Yes. And that's what helps clean the brain out. And in that respect, we tell people, you have to sleep. Yeah. Our blood, again, we go back to the blood. Our blood cleans out our brain when we sleep at night. As you and I sit here, we're, brain cells are dying. They have to go somewhere. Sure. At night when we sleep and we get into REM sleep, that's when the blood starts cleaning out the brain. When we wake up in the morning and we've had not a very good sleep and we're fuzzy, it's not as much about missing the sleep as it is our brain hasn't been cleared out. 
That's why we have that feel like we have cotton in our, yeah. So we really need to get good sleep. Another thing is, if you're depressed, do something about it. Because a depressed brain is not a healthy brain. And if you stay depressed long enough, our, the serotonin in your brain starts to malfunction and it stays that way. It does not get better on its own. Gotcha. Situational depression, that's one thing where there's an, something in your life makes you sad. But if we're talking months and months or years of depression, talk to somebody about it. It's really good. It's really important. Sure it is. Not to mention, you're not nice to be around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's sure. face it. It you know. Sure. So those are those are you know you I, I didn't count all of them, but let's say you know we've talked about you've talked about exercising, you've talked about eating well, um, you've talked about um, doing things that are different to your mm-hmm. brain. Um, Concussions concussions so that's a, that'd be another one Perfect. oh absolutely course, if okay. you are if you are um if you're out there on a bike without a helmet shame on you and if you've got kids or grandchildren that are out there on bikes without helmets not good christmas is coming up buy helmets if you're skateboarding any any activity where there is a possibility where you can knock your noggin yeah those are those are risk factors. Those sure. are the NFL is a perfect example. Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. So, su- super interesting. So those are those are the sign. Those are things that we can mm-hmm. do to prevent. Yes. having dementia. Well, Taking- here's not. Well, here's the what we're going to say. Okay. Right now, there's no way to totally prevent. We used to say it's possible to live this lifestyle. And increase your chances of not getting it. it. Now we say it's probable. Mm -hmm. It is more about our lifestyle choices than it is genetics is only like 1% of getting Alzheimer's. The rest of it is how have you lived your life and not just when you turn 65. We're talking lifelong habits. Yeah. And the doctors have been screaming this for decades right. for our heart and for diabetes yeah. and all these other things. Now we're adding, do this for your brain too, because you're in the business, you know, oh, yeah. this disease, Alzheimer's, these dementias are horrific. They are also yeah, they are. the most costly to care for. Mm-hmm. And they are, they do the most damage to family units. So that, I mean, and I 100% agree, it is staggering, harmful, confusing, frustrating for families and caregivers, and costly. I read something in a magazine, I think you probably have a sheet over there, every 64 seconds, 65 seconds, somebody mm-hmm. is diagnosed with dementia. Right. All Well, just with Alzheimer's. Or, just, just with Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's. Just and Alzheimer's oh, is wow. considered um, is considered the number one form of dementia. Um, if you were just use uh, envision dementia as an umbrella, yeah. every spoke on the umbrella is a form of dementia. Yes. Alzheimer's would be like sixty five percent, seventy percent of all dementia is going to be Alzheimer's, 
or it's going to be part of the mixed dementia that we talked about earlier. So it is also the sixth leading cause of death in the United States, more than breast cancer and prostate cancer combined. It is right now, Alzheimer's alone, 5.8 million people who have 16.7 million family caregivers caring for them. This, the cost right now is, um, oh, and those caregivers provide 18.5 billion hours yeah. of caregiving that if what if it was paid for would cost, it valued at $234 billion. Good grief. Now, you and I both deal with family yeah. caregivers. Mm-hmm. They are at risk for so many health and mental, both physical and mental health challenges just by being a caregiver. Yeah, sure they are. And my job with the Alzheimer's Association is to keep those caregivers literally alive through the process because one in two caregiver dies dies before the one they're caring for. Good grief. I mean, you can't, I mean, that, that analogy of the airplane, right, is how true is that with that, uh, you, that you see on a daily basis oh, that somebody needs to take care of themselves and don't first, and, and that, uh, they don't even recognize it yeah. and it's flat out i don't have time yeah, sure. i can't i can't get to a doctor i have to take him to five different specialists and i i, I can't leave him alone and no one else no one yep. else can you know the words oh, yeah. no one else can take care of him that's right that's and right. so um um, but the, the, the issue is going to be, um, uh, right now one in three seniors, um, dies with Alzheimer's or another form of, of wow. dementia. Wow. This is, this is not going away. No, it's not. So, so how do we, what are things that we can be, um, that we can know that in the can signal us that says, this is a sign, this is a sign of something going on. Or dementia is there? Are there are there um, things that happen that somebody is doing that we should be aware of, and we should start asking these questions right now? If we can't prevent it, how can we then um, be involved? As opposed to when it's way way far advanced, and now we're asking these questions. Well, most people. We would love to see people diagnosed in the early stage. It, right. do, it, it doesn't happen. That's right. So it how do we? Happen. So in because it's not preventable, and somebody's going to get diag- is it's going to happen. There has to be some. It doesn't just automatically happen, and all of a sudden now somebody is wandering off. Okay. What are the first sign- of all? Th- again, let me let me reiterate what I said earlier. There is no part of dementia that is part of the aging process. First of all, everyone thinks it's all about memory loss. Well, that is one that is the first thing that comes to everybody's mind. Right. And it is the first thing that we recognize also. Sure. I can't tell you how many people come up to me and go, I'm getting Alzheimer's. I can't forget her name. None of us remember names. <laughs> that is not that is not an indicator. The part of the brain that remembers names is the hippocampus. And when we meet somebody, our hippocampus within nanoseconds goes, yeah, you're never going to meet this person again. And the name goes, sure. it doesn't even embed, okay? 
Memory loss that disrupts daily life is the kind of memory loss we are okay. talking about. Okay. Um, um, the, the loved one who asks you at, at 8 o'clock, when is my doctor's appointment, Mom? It's at, it's at 10. She turns a corner, turns around, comes back and says, when is my doctor's appointment? Well, Mom, it's at 10. I just told you. Goes into the bathroom, comes back out. When is my doctor appointment? That's not normal aging memory. Okay? Um, To forget somebody's name, to forget an appointment. You and I do it on a regular basis, you know? Then there's challenges in planning or solving problems. Um, uh, Can't remember a recipe that they have been using in from from memory for 60 for 6 decades. Yeah. And all of a sudden, not only can they not remember the recipe, I never cooked that in my life. What are you talking about? Mm. That's something that that should set somebody to thinking, what's going on here? Mm. Because mom always cooked that meal every sure. Saturday morning. That's what she made. And now not only does she not know what it is, she can't remember that she even had it. Yeah. Um, completing familiar tasks. Um, the most abused appliance in somebody's household is the dishwasher. Mm. Those, those motherboards are super sensitive. Yeah. They can't be heard. Somebody goes in and hits the start button and doesn't hear it, so they hit every other button, then they go back to the start button, they fry the motherboard. I have people who have wow. repairmen on speed dial. Wow. I said, just unplug it. No longer can use the microwave, sure. big one. Sure. Cannot use the controller, yeah. and gets really, really mad about it, and blames everybody and every other thing. Confusion with time and place. Wakes up, sees that it's sunny out there, puts on a short and a tank top and flip-flops, only it's January and it's 32 degrees out. Mm. Sunny skies, it's got to be summer. Um, wow. So, trouble understanding visual images. Okay. When it comes to driving, I tell people, do not, do not look into the glove compartment for speeding tickets. It's usually just the opposite. Take a look at the car and the truck. How many dings, how many things are, is the side mirror still there? The bumpers, the sides of the house? I have, oh, sides of the garage where they're pulling in and out. This disease reduces their eyesight Mm. and it starts in the beginning stage. And it goes from, it goes from as if they were wearing snorkeling goggles down to they lose comp- they lose sight in their left eye and their right eye is like a telescope. Wow. People don't understand that. This is a disease that affects all parts of their body. They can't find their words. Yeah. Now, I do that all the time, and that's really common, but they'll be in the middle of a sentence and they'll go totally blank. Mm-hmm. And you can see it in their eyes. That's where I tell people to look. Look at their eyes. They make upwards. They can't find their, I, I can't find it, and they're pointing to their wrist. I can't, you know, you know that hand clock. Mm-hmm. They can't think of the word watch. 
Um, then you have oh, misplacing things. And you, I know your caregivers deal with this all yeah. the time, as do mine. Just this morning, I walked from one office to the other, could not figure out why I was in the second office, turned around, retraced my steps back into my office, went, saw the trigger, went, that's right. I was looking for that report, and it's in Patty's office. Mm-hmm. Individuals with dementia have sometimes don't even recognize the room they've walked into and have no idea that they can turn around and retrace. And here's the problem with this. When they lose something, it is not because of them. It's because somebody stole it. It's because somebody, the parent, they're extremely, they become extremely paranoid. It can't be their problem. It has to be somebody else came in and took it. So, so and I, I mean, that's just kind of help. I mean, this, the, that happens, I think, probably oh. a lot. So what are, what are steps that one could take if their loved one misplaces something and they are, you know, denying that it was them and they're accusing somebody else? What are conversations? What does that look like? How do you do that well? Okay. So what you say is their truth is not our truth. We can't change how they, where they are. We can change where we are. We just have, you literally say, okay. And you, you cannot, you cannot argue with them. You cannot, you just say, well, mom, I am so sorry. We can't find that. And you change direction. You will, you know what? We're going to look for it later. Mm -hmm. I've had, I've had grandparents accuse grandchildren of stealing money mm-hmm. and jewelry. Now the grandchildren won't go back to visit right. because grandma lied about them. Yep. So when that happens, we have to literally be okay with what they're saying. Yeah. I mean, that you know what that sounds like to me? What? It sounds like, um, it sounds like, imp- like improvisational, like comedy, like meeting in, in like, meeting them where they are absolutely and 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 uh, so you have a, a scene going on and if you uh continue the scene it's still funny that the scene goes on but if you say no or argue well the scene gets weird and awkward and you can't stop you have to the the then the audience is like really confused what's going on well i mean what you're doing is kind of meeting them in and you're not i mean yeah it's a, a, i guess a form of a lie right but like but it's their disease, and, and you said what was the word? You said um, meet meet. No, well, you said uh, stop. No, what do you say? What when when somebody comes in and 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 says, um, uh, you know, you stole my money. Yes. What what I tell my caregivers to do is say, Mom, tell me more about That's that. Right. Tell right. me more about that. Which is a declarative sentence. It's not a question because right. if you question them, they get even more scared because they go into their brain to find that answer. This disease produces black holes, black holes, and they can't find it. So what they do is they pull bits and pieces from other stories. They confabulate. It's called right. confabulation. They make up a story, which some are so bizarre, and you know it's not the truth. Let them talk until they talk themselves right out of the situation. Sure. They can't 
that's linear thinking. They can't com- they can't maintain yeah. that long enough. So, so, so it would be wise maybe to just say, hey, well, tell me about that jewelry. What did it, what did it look like? Perfect. That is exactly what it is. You just and 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 just get them to literally talk them de-escalate sure. the emotions because they're angry. They're what they are more than anything is they're scared to death. This these diseases should have petrified next to them they are scared because they come in and out of realization and when they get into a situation like you just discussed usually the only way that it goes is escalated and then the caregiver is frustrated the one with the disease is frustrated family members everybody involved which is one of the reasons i tell my caregivers if there is anything within their reach that has monetary or intrinsic value that if it were to disappear get it out yeah put it in a put it in a lockbox put it somewhere but don't make it available and if they come to you and say i can't find that well mom you then you start those conversations but if it does i've had people who things have disappeared and were never found they're Brains are failing in one area, and yet they can become incredibly gifted when it comes to hiding stuff. Sure. And no one ever finds it. And money is one of them. Cash. Yeah. So big. Oh, I had a caregiver who, um, uh, her husband went, loved to go and get the mail. Well, he went and got the mail all right. Mm. and was very important to him. And then he immediately shredded it. Wow. And guess what? Tax season. Yeah. You know, Good. if it's important, make sure you get to it first. Some people have to stop delivery to the house and get a post office box. Sure. So, um, so good. And I mean, and so like you deal with caregivers a lot. <laughs> and, um, and so... You know, talk to me about like solutions that they they're in the midst of this and that caregiver, you know, all these all these signs that we've kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, burnout, fatigue, all these things. What are ways that they can how how they can how can they help themselves? First of all, to recognize that they're burnout, that they're fatigued. Very few of them do. Very few of them do. Um. So many are a, a caregiving team of one. Yeah. I'd say the majority, absolutely the majority of them. Rarely do you have an entire family that is totally involved in the caregiving process, um, which hurts my heart, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the way we live now, you're talking distance. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we, my husband and I were both long to get distance caregivers, yep. still are. Um, we moved away 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. Um, so one of the things they can do, number one, is to educate themselves on what they are dealing with. If you even get just the diagnosis of dementia mm-hmm. and you go home and you Google dementia, Guess what pops up? The first thing that pops up is the Alzheimer's Association. Yep. And um, 
read about what you are dealing with. Because if they just had the basic information about, for example, that the, know the 10 signs, right. that, you know, Poor judgment is another one of the signs. Withdrawing from society is another one of the of the signs. Sure. So understand that what you are going through it and why. So you're not blaming the individual. That's one thing. The other thing is recognizing that they're asking for help is not a sin. Mm. You know, I, I love that word, that, that phrase, asking for help. I how. You know, this is so strange. So I used to work at Starbucks and they had these things so silly, but there's this thing called star skills. And if you want to be a star, if you want to be like a really great employee, you ask for help. That's how you do it. And so, but if you want to be a great spouse, a great husband, wife, daughter, caregiver, you have to ask for help. And part of that is also self-help. Yeah. Um, for example, we have one of the best things a caregiver, caregiver can do is to recognize that they need assistance. We offer, our office offers individual care consultations for families or for individuals. When I first started six years ago, I was seeing one-on-one. Now rarely do I see one-on-one. I've had up to six family members from three states come wow. in and sit down and what's going on what can we offer here in our area and we are limited we are we are resource poor here um and what can we do to help the primary caregiver and one of the best things for the primary caregiver is to connect with our association and get the we have the education and get into a support group with Mm. people who are in the same boat. Like I said before, there are over 16 million family caregivers who are doing the same thing. And let me tell you, they know way more than you and I do about how to handle these situations because they're in, they're, they're in this, they're in this battle. They are living this life 24 hours a day. So, and then to recognize when it's time to bring in help. How often do you have those conversations with families each week? <laughs> each week. Every, every day. Every day. Every day. Three a day? Oh, more, even some Sometimes days more. more than that. Wow. I mean, it just depends on, it just depends on, it depends on so many things. But sure. I mean, it is, and it's one of the first things I tell them um, when they come in for a care consultation, you are going to need help with this. You are going to eventually. We try to bring in a hospice program, yep. so because they can come in so much earlier. Sure, they can. Which nobody recognizes. Or palliative care or something. I'm gonna have palliative That's, care on. That's and exactly so, yep. palliative. That yeah, um, and um, and nobody wants to hear that. Yep. Um, um, you know, and then the other thing is what we what we pray what I pray for is that they recognize that there are agencies like yours out there that can provide the assistance with the daily skills. Sure. The problem with this disease is our they're not covered by Medicare. Yeah. They're not medical it's issues. A chronic deal. Yeah. It's a chronic disease and it, it it takes away their ability to do their daily what it requires to do to live daily. They 
no longer, they get to a point where they don't understand what a toothbrush is. They don't understand how to toilet. They don't understand that when you turn on a gas stove, you don't walk away. Um, They, and those are, if you, if the individual is 87 who is in the disease and the caregiver is 85, and that's not the youngest caregiver I've had. I've yeah, had sure, one that sure. was 99. And, and that where does that one have the energy sure. to act, to think, and to project for another individual? Yeah. They don't. But no, me, but, but, and you run into it all the time. Here's the other issue. But they don't want somebody else in the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And my pro- and my answer to that is, would you allow a two year old to call the shots? Yeah. We're dealing with safety because that's right. our number one goal: keep the one with and the one caring for them safe. Yep. Would you allow a two year old to make the shots? Call the shots. Well, no, you're dealing with an eighty five year old, two year old. Don't ask permission; just do it. What a great analogy! What a great analogy, Sue. So- you are a huge resource here in Wichita Falls. We try to be. Um, you're so wise and <laughs> we're like grateful oh, thank for you. what you do. It thank you. Is needed. So how do people get a hold of you and Alzheimer's if, Association? First of all, if if you can use a computer, alz.org, yeah. and we are with the North Central Texas chapter. Or you can call, uh, my direct line is 940-222-5820. You get me. Awesome. And um, I, I, will, I will talk online. I will talk. And then what I try to do is get people into the office yep. for a care consultation. And then from there, set them up with a support group. Because... Once they're in the office, they stay more connected. If I just, when I first started, we just mailed information yep. out. Most of them, most of them were coming back, maybe a year down the road. Um, uh, but but becoming part of our neighborhood, yeah, and it's growing. You're part of it now. Sure. I mean, we've got people all over the city that are part of it. That are our resources. Yep. Um, uh, and then, and then connecting so that there's someone to talk to, because sometimes that's all these caregivers need is someone to hear their frustration, maybe offer a little tidbit, whatever, or even my caregivers hand out their, their phone numbers now in support. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. You need to get away from that. Walk away for a minute, go outside. We, we have all kinds of ways to deescalate situations good well thanks so much for You're joining welcome me so much it means the world and hey we're addressing the elephant and so grateful for sue gross and all of her work she does an amazing job thanks for your time thanks for being here i wish i found you i wish i found you i wish i found you i wish i found you